It's just so much better. Okay, it's recording. Um, what I was going to say was, gosh, and I pray that someone, I pray, I pray, I pray that anyone with a dream, with ambition, with work ethic, and someone who has received a considerable amount of rejection mm -hmm. has the opportunity to uh, acquire resources that otherwise okay. impede on them meeting said goals. Mm -hmm. Like there are some talented artists out there yes. that just don't have the resources to get something off the ground. And even if, even if you take money aside, it's like, actually, no, you can't take money aside. It takes Everything money. Costs money, money. Yes. And money gives you the freedom to then do other things, which amplifies your work. It's literally like a cycle. Mm -hmm. And once I got the opportunity to have the, like the expenses covered, I can't tell you how what a call to action that was from God. Mm -hmm. It literally felt like God was like, oh yeah, you've been paying for this shit, huh? Right. You've been paying for this? <laughs> Show up. Show and then up also, now. it's like a test. Yeah, because it's like, now I have the resources. Now I'm going to show you right. what it is that I'm capable of. Oh yeah, and, I, and not only that, I'm going to make it look easy. But yeah. let me tell you <laughs> something. It's very much not. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but it's just an opportunity to show up. Now, mm -hmm. now you show up all those years where you had money and all those limitations and all yeah. you would, these are, these, that was dialogue that I would tell myself, oh, the reason why it, I haven't gotten to this level is because of this, because my stuff doesn't look this certain ways because I can't afford it. But once that's removed, those are nothing but excuses. And then you realize they were nothing but excuses back then too. Oh yes. Oh yes. You know what that I'm saying? Facts. That is a fact because you can make it work. Like, for example, I just told you earlier that I celebrated my one year on May 1st. I actually host. I So on top of doing the photo shoot in my house, I also hosted a live show in the Bronx. Awesome. And I did everything from start to finish because it was literally just an empty space. So I decorated the space. I had to figure out what people were going to do, how they were going to sit, abide by COVID. Like it was just a lot of work and it took a lot of money but because I planned so far in advance like I was able to budget myself and all of that so oh how do you budget what is that <laughs> even I mean that I have no finance I'm the biggest non-adult you have ever met like anytime yeah. Weezy and Alex are talking about like money taxes write-offs I'm like let's go get a popsicle <laughs> No, that is crazy to me. I can maybe figure out what my money is, you know, what money is coming in and how I'm going to distribute it. But all that taxes and them, like they're expanding so much. And with expansion, that also means you have to learn new shit yourself because you have to learn payroll. You have to learn taxes. You have to learn all. Oh, that's above my pay grade. I don't handle that. I'm the, I am the talent. Or okay. find someone to pay. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, they're. <laughs> Listen, they're 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 scaling up at a yeah. very fast rate, and mm -hmm. it is just so. It is so inspiring to see. Like, I I it makes me. I've never had this fervor for life. Like, I've always been so depressive. <laughs> even even I mean, honestly, being a Christian changed that for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, I have like depressive proclivities, and for the first time, in. I mean. Uh, gosh, in years, 
I now am like planning for the future in a way that I never did. Like before right. I was like, okay, I'm lucky if I make it to next month. Now it's like, okay, so a year from now, I want to see what my savings account looks like. Okay. A year from now, I want to know how I'm going to scale up. I see mm -hmm. my colleagues, you know, getting into these different business ventures. What other business ventures am I going to get into? The right. more I meet people, the more, the more hands I shake, the more successful people hands I shake. I know that they do uh, a lot of them do non for profits and they're mm -hmm. or a part of non for profits, which they don't even talk about, which I love. I'm, I'm all about, you know, uh, humility when it comes to your uh, acts of service and whatever. Mm -hmm. But then I'm thinking like, okay, two years from now, I want to not only be a part of a non-for-profit, I want to own my own non-for-profit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, yeah, for the first time I now have, uh, it, it's this whole thing. It's like a call to action from God. It's yes. like show up in every domain of your life. Mm -hmm. And the one I struggle with the most is romance. <laughs> like that's the one where I'm like, oh gosh, I always talk about this on my podcast, Bible stories with Brianda for your listeners. Yes, it's like, oh gosh, I want a boyfriend so bad. So listen, I hear you talk about it, but girl, you're only 27. You have time. I know you don't have babies and you want babies uh -huh. and all of that, but it'll oh, come. Okay. First of all, I, I turned 28 in February. And okay. I'm sorry. Only is a little, I mean, no, I'm not saying I'm old and I'm not. And I know no. that. Yeah. But I am most certainly not a spring chicken. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, I and get here's that. The, you know what I'm saying? Like I, and I, I add it to, it's like a comedic little thing that I do, but it comes from truth. And mm -hmm. I know that I, I know the kind of life I want to live within my family. And I know how many kids I want to have. And of course, everyone who says they plan for it never ends up happening, happening the way they want. Mm -hmm. But I do have to, there are certain limitations that I need to consider. You know, you are a health risk. If you're pregnant, you're at health risk if, by, by 35. And yeah. I'm thinking, I don't even have a relationship. I'm not even actually seeing anyone. And mm -hmm. I'm it takes well time. into my 28th year. How am I going to exactly I'm celibate till marriage. So like, how long is that courting process going to be? Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> LOL. Could you imagine the only reason why I'm celibate <laughs> is so that I can get married within the year. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. Gotcha. On you guys. Gotcha. Kevin Samuels. Do I look fat? introduction okay because my listeners don't know who you are yet and we're just going and talking and talking and talking so guys this is the do i look fat podcast as always i am your host steffi kiss and this week's guest is an actor podcaster a funny ass bitch and someone who got me into bible stories my girl brianda hey Brianda. Hey girl. Hey, Steffi yes. Kiss. How are you? Thank you so much for I'm having me. Good. No, thank you so much for coming on. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, which I don't know how they wouldn't, because if they know me, they probably have heard of you before. Tell my <laughs> listeners where they can find you and what you do. Sure. So I'm at Bible Brianda on everything. Uh, non-Bible content related stuff or on my personal page, which is at that's Brianda on everything. But mostly go go to Bible Brianda. I prefer you go to there because I'm such not a social media person, believe it or not. Um, I'm a podcaster. I'm a failed actor, soon to not be failed actor. 
but more than anything, I'm a writer. I, I've, I've definitely brushed up my writing chops within the last couple of years, which I take pride in. Um, yeah, I'm a dreamer. I'm a Christian before all of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I love podcasting. I started <laughs> podcasting after I became a Christian. So like my whole time in the podcasting interwebs has been chronicling my, you know, walk with God <laughs> and mm-hmm. it has been bumpy, but it's kind of cool. I can't wait to be like 60 and like, look back at my early potting days and like, it's see amazing to see what it looked like. It's kind of like a journal, you know? Mm-hmm. I said that in one of my previous episodes, I was just like looking back even a year ago from today, what I was going through different things like you could just see the difference in your life and even how you feel and your outlook on things like things could have been elevated or it, you know how it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even look back like right now. You know how they say um, there's this book called The Artist's Way uh, by oh, James Cameron's wife, Julia Cameron. And she says in there, you're supposed to journal. It's a part of the, the whole process, the, the program mm-hmm. for like uh, dusting off any uh, artist blocks that you have, like if, removing artist blocks. Mm-hmm. It's a great book, The Artist Way for your listeners. If you guys are experiencing a spiritual block in your creative field, uh, she says when you're journaling, don't read back the journal, just read and move forward. I mean, just write, sorry, write and move forward. Don't mm-hmm. read it the only time you can read it is like when years have passed or maybe at least a year has passed. Mm. Same with podcasting. Like I cringe so much with listening back to my pods. Like I don't listen back to any pods. I'm super duper about like doing it and being super vulnerable and being honest and then like letting it be. Mm -hmm. And I also edit the episodes too. So I'm like, you've heard it so many times by the time it's out. Yeah. I'm like, let me not like, I just let it rock. It's so funny. Cause then you get comments from like, at least my, my pod is gaining some traction now and people mm-hmm. are just binging it now. And they're like responding to things and commenting on things that I recorded like two months ago. Right. And I'm just like, Oh honey, I am so past that, but also cringe. <laughs> like I don't, I don't even mean what I say. I don't know. Not that I don't mean what I say, but you know, our, I change my mind every week. You mean it in the moment. That doesn't mean yeah. that that's how I feel today. That's how I felt that day. And even when it comes to like my stories on Instagram, cause you know, they remind you of your stories now. So I'll listen back and I'm like, oh girl, like you was really going through it and nobody knew that you were going through it off of different reasons. This is just how you chose to like express your emotions. Yeah. Steffi, how did you come up with the concept for this podcast? Was it with Carla? So I took her class. Um, Originally, it was- was It's amazing. She's coming actually out with an updated course and whoever's interested in signing up for it should definitely hit me up. But um, I recommend it 100%. Like she gives you all the tools. And I originally wanted to start this because I was supposed to be having gastric surgery. So a VSG, right? And but this happened right before the pandemic, like literally a week before shutdown was my first consultation appointment. And it was supposed to chronicle that. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. Gastric surgery. Like, yeah. So like, yeah. So weight loss surgery. Oh, well, gosh, I wish I could do that for my brain. Like (laughs) it just goes so quick. I'm just like, I need to remove some shit. Anyways, keep going. Um, so it was supposed to be that, and I had a whole concept planned, but then that got shut down. Like I wasn't having the procedure anymore. So I was like, what am I going to do? And I was just brainstorming one day. It was the middle of the pandemic. I was literally home alone because my son was with his dad and it was like three weeks where I was home by myself. 
And I was just brainstorming, brainstorming. And I wanted to talk about something having to do with like weight loss, but not necessarily with surgery, just like insecurities is what it turned into. So, you know, do I look fat has always been my own insecurity, but I've come to find out so many other people have different insecurities of their own that don't necessarily have to do with weight anyway. So this is a place where we talk about that, but also discuss how we've overcome that and just how we've gotten better. And I know, and I don't know how comfortable you are talking about this, but I heard you on um, Introverted Intuition and you mentioned that you had suffered from like an eating disorder. Oh yeah, girl, I've been listening to you, okay? I know I sound like a little stalker, but I've been listening. <laughs> you know, the best part of going on pods that are like small is like, I'm, I'm yo, I be saying shit. <laughs> my, oh my gosh. What, yes, what, what's the question? Oh, wow. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Introverted Intuition is a podcast that I was on months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you and I was drinking that about- day. Honestly, it was just a long conversation between the three of you, right? So I'm not really, I don't really remember what it was that you were talking about, but that stuck to me because I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that about her. And you had shared that you had some sort of eating disorder. I don't know what it was. And um, so just going back to what my podcast is about, even though you had that, you've overcome and look where you are now, you know, like looking back to possibly like your lowest of low in that just to see how far can I tell you something maybe I haven't overcome jack ish no, no I'm like still- but you're but you're managing you know and you're coping oh. that's what I'm saying sure yeah <laughs> Christ Jesus he yeah, definitely no 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 no. yes it's in uh, okay so for the listeners um oh gosh it sounds so weird for me to like introduce it like that like <laughs> um I had an or have an eating uh, I don't even know what to say I still struggle with it now, but I had an eating disorder for 12 years. Um, the, my earliest, and to be honest with you, like even as a, it could be more than that, but I struggled with um, both binge eating mm-hmm. and not eating. And I remember the earliest memory I have of disorderly eating was, um, I, I have crippling anxiety. I get anxiety hives and things of that nature. Actually, this is a hive. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. this side. Um, I have a recording tomorrow and I always get kind of hivey. Uh-huh. Or if you notice me itching on the Bible stories, it's because I'm it's just anxiety. Yeah. And when I was younger, I used to get really anxious before school. And the week before the first day of school, like I'm talking about, I'd be like eight or nine, 10 years old. The one specifically I'm thinking about was I was nine years old and I didn't eat for like two days fully. And my sister was a chunky chunker stin chunker chunker. <laughs> and she like would eat all the food I would need. So it was like great right. for her. Um, and I remember thinking like back then it just made me feel better. You know, when you're that young, you don't know what anxiety is. But even when you're adult, sometimes you don't know what anxiety is. Correct. And now imagine (laughs) it's amplified as a child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, but guess what? I also got really sad as a kid as well, which I think they're opposites of the same coin sometimes with some people. Mm -hmm. And in my case, it most certainly was. And it's, it, 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 I didn't come up with this until 16. My therapist helped me deduce what the issue was in regards to my binge and my, uh, like uh, starvation. Mm-hmm. 
And when I would be depressed, I would binge eat. And yeah. I'm talking about like eat, 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 eat like endlessly eat. Mm-hmm. And As a I comfort. Still, yeah. And I still do that to this day. It's almost like I didn't know that I was feeling um, through the throes of like a deep emotional kind of suffering as a kid. So I would confuse that feeling with hunger. Mm-hmm. And it became, and what's so, what's so nutty about it is that as a kid, I was a super hyper productive kid. I, I performed every other weekend. I was like a theater and then I was a singer and I did so many things and I was so function high functioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, How did you come to this realization that that's what it was, that you were, you know, substituting food for that feeling of uh, professional help? I couldn't have, I couldn't have possibly come to that conclusion. I've been in therapy and I've had psychologists and I've been in counseling since I was um, 15. Mm-hmm. And my sister had some struggles too. And I think and she, I saw her go to counseling and then we had like some family stuff and you know, when you have family counselors, they want to meet everybody. So that's kind of right. how it started. And then it, 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 then someone noticed my hives and then it just, you know, it's kind of like a domino effect. You mm-hmm. you end up um, figuring out the roadmap to your, to your neural makeup. And, oh man, so many people can't, I mean, what a privilege to even have access to that kind of, um, the, that kind of medicine and medical treatment. Right. Uh, but even, but and even then though, even with the medical treatment, Steffi, I was struggling. I mean, so I look back at my, Oh, I look back at my senior prom photos. Oh my gosh. And mm. I like want to punch myself through the photo because I was so emaciated and so th- like thin and frail. And mm-hmm. I remember looking at one of my prom photos and that day, I remember one of the outfits, one of the gowns, I was wearing Spanx. And like, I remember I needed to wear two pairs of Spanx. Or you felt like you had pairs. to wear two pairs of Spanx. And I'm, I look back at those photos and my clav, you could like eat a bowl of soup from my clavicles. That's how mm. like concaved they were. So it's like, I see like it's their vestiges of my disorder. And it's just a reminder for me to like, know, hey, by the way, you have this condition and just know, just just know that this condition is very much real and was real. Mm-hmm. Let's honor that, but let's also not feed it anymore. Right. Uh, LOL, ironic, feed it. But let's not <laughs> give in. Let's not give in to that anymore. And if you do, check it. And right. I can't do it by myself. I need to do it with Christ and with other professional help. Like definitely, definitely, because. People don't realize like when you have an eating disorder and, you know, binging and purging well, purging and then like binging is it's very common. And people don't realize that you're doing it when you're doing it, even when you diet a lot. That's a form of binging and purging because you're literally 
stopping all of this and only intaking this type of food or whatever regimen it is and you're following it for two to three weeks and then you stop and then you eat cartons of ice cream or pizzas and you're only eating fast food that's a way of binging and purging and people don't realize that this is more common than well trigger warning for trigger warning for purge uh are you saying purge like metaphorically speaking or yeah do you mean- metaphorically i don't mean oh, actual okay. like um because there is anorexia right or bulimia, bulimia right no there's so I, many phases want- in it yeah for sure i tried bulimia from so wow oh my god i do not want to romanticize eating disorder but i can't but i have one so i'm trying I feel like I have a license it's a thing. to joke around. And you're not yeah. and you're probably not the only person that's tried it, you know? But also like comedy is the way that I communicate and how I deal and how I cope. And you're gonna have to freaking deal with it. Anyways. Sarcasm. Sarcasm exactly. over here. <laughs> so I uh I tried bulimia for like a month. Like <laughs> I tried her on. I, I tried it like because it wasn't even because I read about it. It's because it literally is kind of like a just a byproduct of when you eat so much, when you binge, mm-hmm. it just feels like you want to do that. It feels like the next thing, if that's the release, that's the control, right? It's like right. being able to know that I can do this and eat to the brim and then release. I I'm in control of my own life. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the, that, that's the root of it. But I tried it for like a month and a half when I was in, uh, like a junior in high school and guess why I stopped. <laughs> why? <laughs> Because I'm a singer and it was destroying my vocal cords. That's another. And I was, I did, I was a non-believer then. I didn't believe in God, but wow, won't God show up? Right. I, I truly believe that my voice comes from God. It's a gift from God. And mm-hmm. like, I don't even want to like capitalize on it because that is how pure I believe it to be. And I love my voice. Really? And I literally, kind of when I tell you, yeah, I do. It's like one of the few things I love about myself. Now, amazing. <laughs> um, and I couldn't do it. I literally was like, oh my gosh, I can't. I'm so into this. And it's one of the few things I'm into on myself. I cannot. Right. So, I, right. so that was that was the end of my uh, toilet bowl series. I never tried it, but don't. T- it's not that I've never thought about it. Um, my thing was, I remember seeing one of those Life Lifetime movies and it was about a girl who was bulimic or whatever. That's and I remember right. her, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think everybody saw this, right? And I remember her in the toilet and she was vomiting and one of her teeth fell out or something like that. And I was like, oh no, I, I, I can't. Like, I, I just cannot do it. So it's never been a thought for me, literally just because that was like ingrained in my mind from when I was younger. It's crazy. Oh yeah, no. And and and, and also like, like when you watch 13 and stuff, the Lifetime movie, like- mm-hmm. That's why I have, I'm so vocally opposed to, you know, oh gosh, here we go. I was on this other podcast called the Need to Know podcast. Mm-hmm. With Savon, I listened to that one too, girl. Oh gosh, what a <laughs> buffoon. I'm kidding. I have love for Savon. I have love for Savon, but I mean, ugh. anyways, um, I, it's just when we romanticize these things like drug use and sex work and Mm -hmm. just all these very taboo things when kids watch it they're not watching it like a an adult would their frontal cortex is not developed yet Mm -hmm. like would you eat under severely undercooked pasta no you wouldn't it's like they're not fully developed yet 
Mm-hmm. I mean, some people like their pasta al dente, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like you just wouldn't do that. And like when kids want, when, when, when a 13 year old girl goes on TikTok and here's this girl talking about the advantages of being an escort and a sugar baby and being only fans making millions of dollars. I'm like, right. like when they see that, when they hear you talk about that. And then, then, then on top of that, when you, when they hear you talk about how empowering it is. Mm-hmm. So I did want to ask you, because I did listen to that podcast, right? And you guys kind of touched on something, but never went back to it. And it was the Kardashians and the misogyny. Oh, yeah. And their closeted misogyny. Is this kind of like in the same vein? Uh, It's all it's it's related. Because Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the 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 whole group of and I'm not a Kardashian that, fan, so don't feel like you have to listen. <laughs> oh, and I wouldn't have anyways. I don't care. That's a great that's a great part about like being around people that are successful in podcasting is, you know, that they don't care who's around. They're going to speak their truth. Mm-hmm. Anywho, so it wouldn't matter. I would have said the truth. Any, what my truth is. And it's not OK. So uh, a few things. Are they related this the, between the sex work argument I was making and the misogyny, mm-hmm. internal misogyny between women? Yes. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Here you have a group of women who from the very inception of their social climb to like the Kardashian dynasty, they have been hypersexualized, hypersexualizing themselves and their brand to sell a product. Listen, that's capitalism, baby. That's where we live. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. On top of this, they've also been appropriating other cultures. And I typically am not even in that group to be like, to, to like policing everybody's, I actually don't right. even mind cultural appropriation that much. Like at the end of the day, and a hundred years from now, every, everything's going to be blended anyways. Mm-hmm. So anywho, but when I was saying about the Kardashians and their internalized misogyny is that they literally modify their bodies in secret and do not disclose Mm-hmm. these bodily changes, these severe changes to their faces and their bodies. They're claiming that it is natural and it is their, it is their own. And they are the Mecca and they're, they're also the pillar of, of beauty standards. Now there, we will literally look back in time 20 years from now oh, yeah. and we will see the mark that they've made based off a generation of women with BBLs. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They are literally promoting and perpetuating misogyny because they are not, and this is where it is. They are not, they're being dishonest. Get surgery. I'm pro-surgery. Like Mm -hmm. I literally like whatever makes you happy. But when you are a public figure selling Mm -hmm. yourself, selling your brand, selling your, like in this way. I'm sorry. You are the public's the, the, the your responsibility being a billionaire and getting so much out of us. Your responsibility is to disclose this. Like, yes, yes I'm a bad bitch. Yes, I'm going to do it. But I also paid X. Maybe don't put the number, but I mm-hmm. also got a BBL, but I also got this, 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 this. The reason why I look this way and you're looking at is because I got 17 different procedures done. Um, and then I uh, wait, let me bring it back to the, the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. When men see this they love it when we mutilate our bodies they this is literally that we're literally doing this for the male gaze right like the the oh god and i don't even know how how how, i want i want to really truly bring this back but 
what kids and what young adults and what women don't understand is that this thing that you consider, you know, sex positivity, body positivity, modern feminism is so flawed. And I really wish we would see that. The men want us to show less online. Mm-hmm. Those men that are like, yeah, I'm a feminist too. Yeah, femi-. what they're doing in the background is literally jerking off in the back being like, right. yeah, be a feminist. Yeah, sex positivity. It's like, hold on, what? We're so much more than our bodies. We're so much more than our asses and our boobs. And there's mm-hmm. so much more to life than right. that asinine, LOL, beauty <laughs> standard that they don't even have themselves. They had they to buy paid it. for that. Mm-hmm. They paid for that. They molded they, themselves out of women that they've seen or whatever have you, or take taken the best out of women they've seen and created quote unquote, what they thought is the perfect body. And, and now they're selling men, it to you. Yeah. And then you, you, and then you dilute men's standards of some men's standard of beauty, mm-hmm. immature men, insecure men's standard of standards of beauty where they'll only deem you as beautiful if you have a 27, 33, whatever the ratio is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I, that's what I mean by, that's my only issue with the Kardashians. The, it, it really is the only reason. Like, I, and am I fond of them? Not really, right. you know, but whatever. I don't even care about that. And their fans don't either. And, I, and I'm down with that. They're businesswomen and they're hugely successful. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. You know what I mean? But they're the, they're, they are the antithesis of right. what uh, um, uh, feminism is in my eyes. When like, you're that influential, you have to be, you have to keep in mind what you're putting out there and you have to be authentic and you have to be real because I feel like what your issue is with them is that they try to hide it. And then yeah. until actually called out, it's like, oh yeah, no, you can't body shame me, blah, blah, blah. But and, you were hiding and, it. And the thing that happened with Chloe was literally, I'm so happy that she got flamed. And I would never say that because she always gets flamed. And it it honestly must, I mean, being in that predicament must. She puts herself in, in that boat all the time. She's been doing this forever. The photo that when the photo came out, for people that don't know that we're talking about, her grandmother put out a photo of her that was unedited, completely her. She looked amazing. Mm-hmm. She literally looked normal. Amazing. I, I argue she looked skinny, like a fit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't even know what that fucking issue was. And she comes out and says, my body's unedited there. Like, it wasn't even like, it, tr- trust me, that's not what I look like in real life. Like, what I, It's like, okay. So but nobody was you, pressing you. I no, nobody was. You are projecting the most harmful thing. And then women look at that and they're like, oh crap, am I? And, and, and honestly, we're giving them too much responsibility. I'm down with the dynasty coming down. I think it's time. I think they've had their, they've their had time. Their it's now our responsibility to check that when we see it. And every platform I'm on, I'm going to check it every time I see it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care where I am. I don't care if you're a fan of the person that I'm crit- criticizing. Anyone right. who's a public figure Sorry, but it comes with the territory. No one is above critique. And that is and that comes with accountability. Critique. You have to hold people accountable for the shit that they do and the shit that they perpetuate and all of that. Because if you don't, it's they're just going to keep on doing all this ridiculousness and it's just a cycle. We're never going to get past. We're never going to elevate. You have to hold people accountable so that they can grow themselves. Because sometimes, then I'm not saying this is the Kardashians. Sometimes people don't see what they do wrong until you point it out to them. Let me look something up for you while we're on this topic. Because um, I, if I see another BBL, 
<laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. And it's so upsetting. Did you know that like one in 3,000 women who get BBL die? Oh, yeah. I, I know like, of doctors who won't even do it because it's yeah. such a high risk surgery. BBL, let me look it up. Okay, as with any surgical procedure, there are risks, but BBL patients have an alarmingly uh, an alarming mortality rate. As many as one in 3,000 people who undergo the procedure die, or 0.033%, compared mm -hmm. with a 0.002% for all office-based cosmetic surgeries. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. It's BBLs are the one of the least safest cosmetic surgeries you could ever do, and that yeah. is what those women are perpetuating to these young mm -hmm. women. These women have money. These women have access to the best doctors, the best aftercare. Like yep. what, the fact that you're not fessing up to what you're doing is so harmful. You're literally killing lives. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're literally it's a terrible. part of the problem. I know plenty of, of people who've had BBLs and I'm only, I'm 35. I know a plethora of people who've had this particular procedure. I don't know one person who said that they would do it again. I don't know one person. Hmm. So there's that. And, not to say, and let me and let me not get my listeners. I don't want my listeners to think that I'm just conforming to what you're saying, because I'm not to say that I would never consider getting a BBL for my own personal reasons. However, the reason why I haven't done it, because it's not that expensive, is because I'm scared for my life and you never know how it's going to come out. And it's just like it's not going to change anything drastic in my life that I could use that money for that could actually change drastically in my life. You know what I'm saying? It's more uh, of a yeah. vain vanity kind of thing for me, which actually does, like you said, go back to the male gaze underneath. All yeah. Of that. If you, uh, if you unpack it and that's where I was going with you before, like if you unpack it, like the, the deeper we get into it, it gets really sinister. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something real, real sinister about it. And, ooh, it gets me, like, sure, there, I believe that there are women that don't do it for men and do it for themselves and whatever. I understand. Mm -hmm. Like, like a dude, I've gotten a breast sur uh, reduction, reduction right. surgery. Like, I understand. And I get it. And that was totally 100% for me. Like, I was single mm -hmm. and I still, like, I'm, I'm still single. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, like. But there's when it comes to this uh, epoca, this era in life, this era in time, this window of time, mm -hmm. this is so much more than the curvature of your hips. Yeah. And we, if we can change the way young women years from now look at themselves and the way, like, if we can alter the course ever so slightly mm -hmm. by continuing this, this kind of dialogue, by continuing the critique, we could be literally saving lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because oh. one in 3,000 doesn't sound like a lot, but no, 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 Or somebody you love, like, wait, I don't Steffi, hear Steffi. no, Steffi, no, no, it sounds like a lot. That is a lot. Mm -hmm. 3,000? Three, one in 3,000? What? Yeah. What? Like, let's, let's put it to scale. Let's maybe put it to scale. Let's look up another, just, just because. What you just said is not right. But I mean, and I'm not, this is not an attack. No, no, I get it. I understand. This is so that they know. So let's look at the death rate for, give me a surgery. Uh, augmentation. A few moments later. Over 300,000 breast augmentation procedures are performed yearly with no fatalities. 
over 300,000 mm-hmm. breast augmentations per year performed with zero deaths. And you're telling me that one in every 3,000 BBLs, there's a death. That number is disproportionately It's a high. lot. It's a lot. Yes. So like for a cosmetic surgery that you're volunteering to undergo, it's not medically necessary at all. It's a lot that that's, this is a conversation that I want you to continue with your, with your friends and your people in your orbit. Like it's a, yeah. And after that discussion, you want to know what's so nutty. Mm-hmm. I mean, for people listening, if you, Oh man, this is also what like idling people and being a fan of someone will do to you after that discussion. It's so funny because on Instagram, I saw some of the comments. I had to stop because my brain, I feel like I lost brain cells. I literally felt like I lost brain cells. People didn't understand. They also cut that video so unfavorably towards me. And this isn't a knock towards need to know. I'm sure they want to do that to like get people to watch and stuff. Mm-hmm. Clickbait kind of. Right. But I saw the comments on the Instagram versus the TikTok. And I noticed some very uh, alarming things really? on the Instagram we're dealing with. And, you know, Instagram's a dying social media, if I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, everyone that was his fan, the first thing they did was, you know, demean me, call me dumb, which I am not, uh, uh, say that I was, I was like a Kevin Samuels. Like I was the opposite of them, like a bunch of crap in on the YouTube too. But guess what? The only people that watch that show are his fans. And right. like, of course they're not going to do that. Of course there anyone, if they see a woman with an opinion that mm-hmm. goes, that makes other people feel uncomfortable or makes them have to think, God forbid, you have to think critically. Right. I'm, I'm a villain. Cool. Here's the thing about TikTok. On TikTok, your exposure is so broad, which is great for growth, but also allows you to see people like people. It's an analysis of your content in a very honest way because they're not your fans. They're solely judging the work as it is. As what's in front of them. It's the best. Mm -hmm. So on the same clip, both on Instagram and TikTok from the need to know are vastly different. On my Instagram, they were all on his favor. And if you mm. go to the TikTok, the bunch of strangers, all the strangers, the vast majority of people understood what I said mm-hmm. and were on, were on my side of the fence. Right, right. So it's so funny, like, to see the dichotomy between uh, a fa- being a fan of someone and what, you, what you put opinion. up with, which is so stupid because I'm a fan of a lot of people I disagree with. It's so mm-hmm. dumb. Ugh, anyways, People don't know how to carpent, car, carpent. Oh my goodness. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. <laughs> I get tongue tied. But yes, yeah, they no, don't no. know how to do that because it's almost the same. It's funny that you brought that up because right before we were listening to this, I was listening to my music playlist or whatever. And Kanye West came on Jesus Walks. I fucking love that song. Top 10 song. I love it. Right. And I was thinking to myself as it was playing, I was like, there's people out here who would really like just switch the channel because of his views now politically or whatever. And to me, it's like, I don't side with Kanye and all of his bullshit and his personal shit. He married a Kardashian, even bringing it back to that. Like, it's just, I haven't been feeling him for a while, but I can never deny the feeling that that song gave me. So why would I not enjoy what's in front of me because I didn't like the person who was giving the message. Yeah. It's also one of those discussions where like, can you separate the artist from the art? Mm-hmm. And I, I literally I think it's can. case by case. 
there's some artists that I'm just like, uh, I'm good. Like, it just disgusts me so much that I'm just like, I don't even want to deal with it. The only case for me, the only case for me, it's like pretty simple and it's pretty succinct and it's really specific. It's if you've harmed women and children, like other than that, I'm going to still watch your movies. Mm -hmm. I'm going to still consume your content. I'm going to still, unless you, if you've, unless you've harmed women and children, I'm going to still do it. And guess what? The people that I rock with mm-hmm. typically don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, aside from what uh, Woody Allen, Woody Allen's a tough one for me, man. Cause I love, I'm, I, that's a tough one. That's the last one where I was like, I give this up. <laughs> like, why, why did you do that? And I will do it for him because it's just, the evidence is just, it's very like I can't. I don't. I can't. I literally can't even watch it. No, Does it make without you sad. Kind of like the fact that he fell from from grace. Not so much grace, but you know what I'm saying. Like from such a high pedestal. Uh, no, it doesn't make me feel bad. It makes me feel like it. Do I? The only thing I grieve really is the feelings that his art like gave me. Midnight in Paris is one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, no, it doesn't. Cause then it, th- then I, I know why I'm not watching it. It's because it's not making me feel good. Right. Like, I don't want to do things that make my spirit feel icky. I just mm-hmm. don't like doing that. I, in fact, that is the roadmap to my life presently in everything I do. If it makes me feel icky inside and I don't know what it is, I have to identify it and figure out what it is. So mm-hmm. the same applies to that. If anything, I'm just being consistent, which is super which is important to me. Sometimes I'm not consistent. And when that happens, I check myself eventually. Does your religion help you hold yourself accountable in that aspect? Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to be who I am publicly, privately as well. Mm -hmm. That's like the biggest indicator for me. And then the really neat part about that is the more you practice that shit, I can then, I have like a radar with other people. Like, I know I can sense when you're being disingenuous. Like I can, I can sense when I can sense fraudulence from a mile away. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's also a tool. It helps me, um, weed out the people that are bad for me. And and even if they're not for me, even if we're not working together, even whatever, like it, I, it it makes me, it protects me. So yeah, yeah, uh, my, my, my relationship with God is everything. That is amazing. And I can see that. I, so our views on religion, I think are a little bit different. You're on the more conservative side. I'm more of a free spirited, whatever. I grew up in Catholic school. I was in Catholic school from kindergarten until seventh grade. So I was in that religion for a very long time, but my mom, my grandmother, my aunt, they're all like born again Christians. So it's very much a part of like my family dynamic. There's certain things that they don't do or whatever have you. And me and my sister, we're kind of like on the, the black sheep when it comes to that, but we still believe in a higher power and all of that. So to me, I feel like even though you have a different religion, we can still understand one another. And that kind of like goes into your relationship with Weezy. And I heard you speaking on it on an episode recently where it's like, even though she has what she has and represents what she represents you still know that even though she's not a christian she still has this higher power that she is tapped into and you can respect that as well wheezy is 
extraordinarily spiritual. Mm-hmm. I can see and, that. She doesn't have to talk about it and I can tell. Yeah. Like she is in, this is again, like she's so much more than what she does for work. Mm-hmm. We all are. I wish we would put less emphasis on girl bosses. And I listen, girl boss, power to you, girl bosses. Happy that you acquired all the things that you've acquired. Happy that you're a mom and also a CEO. That's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's that's not really Way what's more. empowering. It, you're you're trying to sell it something is what it is. And then we're going to put it on a shirt Forever 21 and sell it. It's capitalism. Mm-hmm. What's really empowering is your purpose in this life, which is far bigger than what pays your rent, which is far mm-hmm. bigger than what, what, you know what I'm saying? Like money, much bigger than that. And that woman is so tapped in to like her own personal fulfillment and things that uh, not only edify her, but edify the people around her. Like I listen, I pray for her every day. I mm-hmm. pray, and, and that's not an insult. I, I was reading on TikTok that some people find that to be an insult, but you have to understand when Christians say that, like, I will pray for you, that's like the equivalent of saying like, oh, wow, wow, you've touched my life in such a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I love praying. Let me make that a part. You make your presence a part of this really sacred special moment for me. Right. It's like what secular people call good luck and mm-hmm. when they actually mean it, you know? Mm-hmm, so when mm-hmm. I say that about Wheezy, I really do mean it because she's just there. She's there. She just calls it something else. But I think where that comes from, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, just listening from the outside when it comes to like, oh, I'll pray for you. That's been used in such a condescending context. And for someone who's never heard it, other than condescending in that way, like to, I'll pray for you. Like you're, you're a sinner. You're, you're the devil. I have to pray for you so you can go to heaven type shit you know what I mean so I think that's where people that's where people get that from so it's like when you're triggered you're triggered and you hear it and even though that's not your intention and guess what no people have triggers and people have Mm -hmm. people get offended people get uncomfortable it is your responsibility and your responsibility alone to establish certain systems for yourself when you have when you ultimately experience those triggers Mm -hmm. right because not Everyone else is hurt the way you hurt. Not everyone hurts the way you hurt. So like that level of discernment is going to be your responsibility. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to alter the way I speak or the way, you know, and and by the way, I understand that others may be weaponizing that term and others may have weaponized that term. But that's where the discernment comes in. Yes. Use your, there are levels of discernment that are your responsibility and your responsibility alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And then furthermore, if the, let's just say that person is weaponizing that line, let's say that they are. Are you going to allow that hurt to win again mm. by you reacting to that way with the same energy that they're giving you? That's another notch for the other side. That's another notch for the enemy. Right. You know what I they mean? They ruined your day. That's what they want. So, to do so exactly. So that's another th- another area where respond personal responsibility and accountability takes place mm-hmm. like you need to figure figure that out for yourself it's your responsibility in this life and if you don't do it today do it tomorrow like it's your responsibility and if you don't address that life's going to be challenging and when life throws you obstacles you're going to really struggle 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's another thing, like, we, why, what is with this fascination with being comfortable all the time? And like this fascination with being allergic to things that offend us, you're going to be offended right in and life. Regardless, it could be anything, anything, anything. what we don't live in a fairy tale world. Mm-hmm. Not, not everything in life is going to be daffodils and roses. Get used to it, kid. Right. And Figure I feel like out. you being a comedian, it's like, there's so many things that you found, you know, comedy is comedy regardless. Is that what you call me? Do you call me? Yeah, you're so funny. You don't think you're funny? No, 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 I am. No, no, no. And now I'm trying to find, I'm trying to like <laughs> mitigate, like, I think of as a writer, I might write funny things, but like uh-huh. comedian, I don't know. I'm friends with so many professional comedians and like, okay, I get it. And you're like, I'm not that. Yeah. But keep going. You're I'm fine. sorry. I cut you off. No, no, no. You're fine. Um, But you being a comedian, quote unquote, or finding, you know, appreciating comedy. There's so many things that we found funny 10, 15 years ago that would be canceled immediately if they were spoken aloud right now. Ugh, what a shame. It's sad. It is kind of sad. And I gotta be honest with you, I still find some of that ish funny. Like, I still find it funny. Richard Pryor would be canceled today. Of course. I mean, (laughs) things that Chris Rock has said. Mm -hmm. But guess what? When I watch it, I still laugh. (laughs) But remember, I have rules in place, though. Right. What are my rules? Women and children. Mm -hmm. Women and children. If they're involved, emphasis on children. Mm hmm. I still watch it and I still enjoy it like I did the first time because guess what? <laughs> it brings me nostalgia. I have mm-hmm. depression and my systems is watching my favorite comedy. Yeah. And, and if you have an issue with it, take that on with yourself and your God. <laughs> like not with me. Like I literally don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And know? that's how it has to be. It's literally the only way I know how to operate now. And it's taken me so long to get here. And like, when I say you need to take responsibility for yourself, when you take accountability and responsibility for your own life, that's mm-hmm. empowering. That's empowering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, and, and we come Owning full circle. to your own bullshit. I'm sorry, but the theme for today's episode, like you have your themes is accountability, guys. That is the word of the day. Because once you own your own accountability, to be able to say to somebody, you're right. I fucked up and I can fix that part of me. That's building myself and making myself look, that's making myself better as a person overall. So I'm the only one that wins. Totally. And I wish people would accept accountability. Yes. Okay. You're sorry for, that's not your intention, blah, 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 blah. I get all of that. But if you cannot sit here and take ownership of whatever hurt or pain that you put somebody through, that's a character flaw, in my opinion. It's a big just, one. Just, just an, uh, it's just a, a, an, an underdeveloped like adult. Like mm-hmm. that comes, that comes with the territory. There are adults who don't get that, and it, like I said, it's gonna combust when they're met with challenges in life, which you're going to be met with. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just, it is what it is. Like, are you gonna make the resistance harder for yourself, or are you gonna find the solu- a solution? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at, at, at some point you're going to have to show up for yourself. Mm-hmm, definitely. You just have to decide to. And once you do, all of these doors will open for you. 
all of these doors will open for you. And also don't get a BBL. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Well, I mean, honestly, just, you know what? Be careful. Honestly, unless mm-hmm. you make over 100K, don't get a BBL. Right. Wow, that's not, that, the- that was really specific, but I mean that. I mean, but it's real life because if you're doing something because you can get it cheaply done, but it's like, those are most of the people. No, who no, are no, no, away. no. I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. Don't. Unless you have the funds mm-hmm. to get it done by the one of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Someone that can, that has a, a nice record of not yep. one in every 3,000. You know what I'm saying? For the aftercare and nurses. And Unless you make that. over, well over 100K. I'm sorry. Comfortably. Comfortably. Yeah. You better hold on to them chichos and develop a new relationship for them. And who knows? Maybe while you're grinding, trying to save up for it, you may be like, oh, damn, I like my no booty. That's fine. I'm good. My boyfriend ain't missing any meals. (laughs) And who knows? You may you may use that money to buy a house to save it for your child's college fund. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Either so way, waiting until you're financially able to go to the best of the best will have its advantages. So actually, mm-hmm. I, what started it, what started as a joke ends up being <laughs> actually a truth. Unless you make over, over 100K. I repeat, oh, actually, I, I might as well bump it to 200 to really nail the point across. Unless you make over 200K, come something comfortable, something comfortable. Mm-hmm. Don't get something so invasive. It's too, the risks are too bad. I'm, I hope, I really hope people do their own research. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes, definitely. All right. So this was a great conversation, Miss Brianda. Tell my listeners. I love saying that. Tell my listeners where they can find you. Yes. Awesome. So again, my name is Brianda. Brianda. I have a podcast called Bible Stories with Brianda, which is a huge labor of love. We talk about Bible stories in a really fun lighthearted, funny way. My co-host, well, she's not really a co-host, but she might as well. She's like an active B mic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, is Wheezy, Wheezy WTF from horrible decisions and for fact's sake. And she also has a show on fuse coming out called sex cells. Um, she's on almost every up. She will be on so far. She's been on every episode, but she's about to get not i mean in- mm-hmm. exclusive clip for you she's about to like not be because she's so busy we're gonna have to have yeah. edin come in for some uh, of the episodes edin is cool too i like him i like him he's cool mm-hmm. um but anywho that's my podcast i you can follow me on all things at bible brianda brianna with a d yeah my personal is at that's brianda if you want to shoot me a line uh but not cocaine uh just like you know questions comments concerns hit me up <laughs> Yes. And as always, everything will be linked down in the description bar. Um, don't forget to follow me on Instagram, underscore Steffi Kiss, S-T-E-P-H-Y-K-I-S-S, and the Do I Look Fat pod, exactly how it sounds. And I will see you next Fine and Thick Friday. Bye, guys. Bye.